Welcome to See the Light of Day podcast. I am Andrea Lachey. Last week, the job report came out and only, only 49,000 jobs were added to the economy in January. There are still nearly 10 million Americans unemployed. It is obvious the normal we once had is not coming back. And that is a good thing. After this pandemic, we should be better than normal. On this episode, we are discussing how to find a job in this new economy. And our guest is Mercedes Fuller. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yes. First off, tell us a little about yourself. So I am, like you mentioned, Mercedes Fuller. I am a motivational speaker and a life coach. Uh, I have been based out in Texas for the bulk of my life. And I currently serve individuals, companies, organizations that are seeking to move forward in their various pursuits. So a lot of that entails career coaching, life coaching, even coaching organizations that have goals that they're trying to achieve. So I like to say that I'm everybody's life coach and friend. And if you're ready to make your next move, your best move, I'm your guy. I'm here to help. How is the job market right now from your point of view? Listen, it's tough. That That's the biggest thing that I will say that it's a tough market. We've never seen anything like this. We've had some similar scenarios, but we've never experienced this scenario. And what I will say is that we all came into this pandemic with no instruction manual. No one knew how to survive this type of job market, this type of housing market, this type of, you know, none of of this that we're experiencing, did we ever have previous references that we can go to and say, do it exactly this way and we we will survive. So while there is a challenging job market, and just like you mentioned in your intro, there are over 10 million people that are unemployed, but keep in mind, uh, there's a combination of not only the unemployed, but those freelancers and entrepreneurs and, you know, that make up a unique number as well. But uh, one thing that I will say is, although unemployment is so high and the numbers are devastating, this market still provides unique opportunities. Uh, So it's a tough market, but for those that are willing to go above and beyond to maximize opportunities and sometimes look at look at opportunities and jobs and and gigs that they would have never looked at this is a market that presents unique opportunity okay that's good to know good to know so where where do we look for the jobs Okay, so this is where I say as you're going out and either looking for a job or looking to pursue different endeavors, I always say that there are certain people that you need in your life. And I would say that you need a mentor, you need a mediator, and you need a motivator. So when you're out searching 
your mentors are people that have worked in your field, worked in your industry. And so they might have some advanced knowledge of where opportunities are. And so touch back with these people. And if you don't have mentors in your career space, it's time to find one. Uh, I, I said that you need to also have uh, a mediator. Uh, a mediator is one that helps you look at multiple options, weigh out these options and help you weigh the pros and cons. Because one thing that you you might see in this particular market is that there are things that you're like, I can't do that, or I don't have the experience for that, or I never thought about doing that. And a mediator, uh, when it as it pertains to your career, a mediator will help you look at different opportunities and kind of help you match whether or not these different opportunities will work for you. And keep in mind what you're trying to do in this particular job market. Some of us are trying to find careers. Some of us are trying to find jobs that we can be on for a certain period of time. And some of us are trying to find that next opportunity that's going to make the difference for us financially to, to navigate from day to day. So, in this job market, there are a lot of people that are looking for jobs for different reasons. Uh, I, I mentioned that you have to have that motivator with you. I mentioned my three M's, the uh, motivator. I mentioned the mediator. And I also mentioned your mentor. That motivator is the person or the team of people that you have in your ear that are helping you stay encouraged as you go through this tough job market. There are a lot of different sources that are out there and, you know, you can't, this is not the time where you just pick one source. This is not the time when you look only on LinkedIn for jobs or you looked only, uh, you look only on Indeed. You have to do it all. Create profiles everywhere. LinkedIn, Monster, uh, you know, uh, Indeed, any job any job uh, website or any job source, you need to have a profile on it. And a lot of the markets have their own niche uh, websites and their own uh, job posting mechanisms that they have out there. So you really have to do the the widespread search, but then you also have to narrow, narrow your uh, search for your industry. So there are a lot of different sources out there, but you have to make Google your best friend and search for it all. And wherever you can put a profile that has not only your work experience, but also, you know, a portfolio, let people see what you can do, put it out there. The days have changed where it's just good enough to have a profile on a job searching site. You should also have your own standalone site and portfolio so people can see your professional work because this then opens the opportunity not for you to just find a job or land that next career move, but then you can also be freelancing or consulting. So those are just some of the avenues that you can, you know, kind of look into in this particular market. So you mentioned a mentor. So how do you go about finding a mentor? 
LinkedIn is a great spot for that. And, you know, I, I say LinkedIn because you you will have in your cadre of people and your connections, you will have people that actually know you personally and people that you have worked with personally. And then you might have the, a mix of people that are in your industry that you might not know personally, but you're connected. Start there. Start with people you know. Start with people who know your work. And, you know, hopefully in your past experiences, you've had people that you've worked with that you've either reported to or you've worked with on teams that are in positions of influence that could help you. And so reach out. This is the time to be very bold. This is the time to be ambitious and reach out and let people know what you want, because this is the time where we're all seeing the same situation. There have been periods where there was massive unemployment and, you know, certain people in certain fields did not experience that same unemployment. There have been times where, you know, we've experienced maybe, uh, challenges in the housing market, but not challenges in the employment market. But right now, we're all facing the same thing. So when you reach out to people, keep in mind, we all have like a heightened sense of empathy right now. And everybody who just has a good heart and a good sound mind, everybody is doing their part to try to help somebody else because that's the only way that we'll all win. So people are actually kind of waiting for individuals in their in their phone books to reach out and say what they need, reach out and you know talk about that new business that they've launched in their home. Reach out and talk about what it is that you're trying to pursue and you never know how people will connect the doubts for you. So that's that's that first step is finding that mentor. Don't you don't have to look too far. Starting your phone books, starting your connections that you already have and see if there's some value there. And that goes to I, I want to touch this real quick. When I say the word value, I always think about, you know, as you're adding people to your phone, as you're adding people to your phone books and your social media uh, profiles and all that stuff, as you're adding and connecting with people, you need to always keep in mind and you need to question yourself whether or not this person that I'm adding into my circle, this person that I'm adding into my life, is it adding value? Because there's going to be a time where you might have to cash in on the value that people bring into your world. And if you're adding a lot of people, but they're not adding value, consider who you're adding into your life. So I'll leave that right there. That's good. So you mentioned also a website. So is there a website that helps you make a website? Um, what suggestions you have for that? Yes. Yeah, start at the domains. Uh, GoDaddy, you're not paying me to say this, but they are phenomenal for the individuals who might not know how to build a website, you know, they're a one-stop shop. You can get your domain there. You can get your email addresses there. You know, they have site builder templates there. And then there are so many other site builder template 
systems where you can go like Wix and build a strong, professional looking website that just showcases who you are, your abilities, and a little bit more about you, your portfolios, all of that. Whatever it is that you have, now's the time to put it on display, but put it out there professionally. It should be clean. It should be the best representation of you and, you know, put it out there. So that's a good start wherever you can buy, typically where you buy your domains. Like I bought mine from GoDaddy, but I bought it like almost 20 years ago, but they had everything that I needed there. So start there. Uh, you can always reach out to web designers and freelancers and all that good stuff. But if you don't have budget for that, or if you if you don't have the time for that, because sometimes we're in a time crunch and we need a website like tomorrow because we're having that meeting that's going to take us to that next opportunity. If that's the case, that's a good place to start is GoDaddy because you can if I can build a website, because I am not the techie person, if I can build a website, you can too. And so I started there. And then, of course, eventually, as I started to grow and evolve, I started hiring designers to do certain things. But I was able to get my start on a site like that. And there are many others out there. Uh, and honestly, I'll tell you, you know, look for the ones that provide what you need, but also have the right price. Uh, so there's so many sites out there that you can do that kind of stuff. That's good advice. Good advice. So with the job market being so crazy, would you advise people to move if they have to, or just wait until the um, jobs come into their area? If the opportunity is right, do what you have to do. If the opportunity, right. If, if that, if that move is going to be a positive move for the trajectory of your career, a positive move for the trajectory of your life, make the move. Because, you know, while this is such a painful time, there's still a lot of possibility. And sometimes possibility is disguised in what looks or feels painful. So you you never know. But one thing that I would say is a lot of companies are forgiving right now. So they might hire you and you're in one state and you might be able to negotiate. Hey, can I work from where I am for another five months or what kind of flexibility? So find out what kind of flexibility you have in accepting a new position. Find out if you can negotiate a work from home package. Find out if you can negotiate a safe moving uh, situation where maybe you don't fly. Maybe they come and pack up everything, put you in an 18 wheeler uh, and you're able to drive to that new location. Make sure you find out all of the logistics and make sure that you feel at peace with the logistics. If the opportunity is right and the logistics work out and you can make a move and you can still be safe, do it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. So I know mm -hmm. a lot of people probably don't feel comfortable negotiating right now, especially their salary because they just need a job. So how do you feel confident about negotiating your salary right now? 
research, research, research. You should know. There are some numbers that you should know before you even start to talk about money in a position. You should know the average rate of pay in your city that you're going to be living and working in. You should know the average rate of pay in the state that you're going to be living and working in. And you should know the national average of the position that you're going to be working in. And if you are one of those people that let's say you're moving from one state to another, well, you need to know the numbers in both of those states, because if you're leaving a state where they pay higher than the state that you're going to, that gives you some leverage for negotiation. The more numbers you have, the more evidence and the more proof that you have in front of you, that gives you more room for negotiation. And again, this is also one of those areas where you touch back with those mentors, people who have been in that position or higher that will be able to advise you on whether or not your numbers, your mathematics, whether or not your math is lining up. So the, know, always know your numbers and, you know, always know what's required uh, of you in the position that you're going into, because this is the thing. You might be given one title and you might be doing two or three different jobs. You have to know your job description and you have to be able to read your job description in a way that you understand how many people am I when I when I clock in? How many people am I? Am I doing the job of one person? Because that's a whole lot of things. That's that's a whole lot of companies out there that's restructuring and they're restructuring saying, hey, that one person can do those three different jobs. Well, if I'm those three different people, I should see a reflection of that in my check. Uh, always consider, you also have to consider the status of the organization that you're going to be working for. Have they just laid off people? Have they done organizational restructuring? Those are things that are important for you to know because that does impact your role. Maybe their organizational restructuring is what gave them the opportunity to bring in your role. Maybe their organizational restructuring is something that you need to know a little bit more about because if they did it before, there's a chance that they might restructure. So you want to know what does my job security look like? You want to know, you know, are y'all looking to provide me opportunities to prove myself for promotion? What's next for me? That's always a scenario. That's always a question that I ask when, you know, I would, when I was on the job market, I would go into interviews and when the interviewer would ask me, okay, so do you have any questions for us? I would always ask if you were to give me this position, because they'll ask you, well, where do you see yourself in five years? Well, I would ask, do you see me staying in the same role or is there an opportunity for growth? Do you see me experiencing raises and pay increases over these five years? What do you see for me? 
And that will tell you a lot about what you need to ask for. Because if, and always ask questions about people who have been in a similar role. You ask the question, well, the last person y'all brought into this type of role or the last person that you brought into that department, what did their trajectory look like? Did they stay in their role for five years, 10 years, or were they able to be promoted? Because maybe they're hiring you because they promoted somebody. So always ask those questions because those questions have it on the money. That's so true. Mm -hmm. So that is very, that's a very good point, especially right now. The um, companies know they have an upper hand right now. So you have to be careful with that right now. And it's nothing wrong with asking an employer. So am I really going to be working 40 hours? Is this 40 to 60 hours? You know, those are things you have to consider as well. You know, is this really is this really full time or is it part time? What kind of role is this? Is this a contract? Is this something that y'all want to be temporary or is this long term? Because those types of things impact. Yeah, and you have to um, speak up, too. I know a lot of people are scared to speak up, but they'll continue to work you to death. But you have to speak up. And when you speak up, usually they'll give you more help or whatever. But if you don't speak up, they'll run you until you're just burnt out. So in the meanwhile, right. while everyone's at home still looking for jobs, what should they be doing right now? Should they be taking classes, like um, doing part-time work or taking contracts until they actually find that permanent position? All of it. Do all of that. You should be taking classes and it, it doesn't even have to, nowadays it doesn't even have to be a class at a college or a university, there are so many certification programs. There are so many trade programs. There are so many skill-based and even talent-based programs where you can go on and get some kind of certification, certificates, whatever that will help you advance your knowledge. The goal is to, and this is what I share with clients, in this time period, when you do end up in your next position, somebody is going to ask you, how did you use the time that you had away from work? How did you yes. use that time? Yeah. And so you don't want to say, you know, I was just looking for jobs. Okay. What did you do for the other 23 hours a day? You know, what I, online to learn foreign languages. Now's the time for that. People going online to learn new hobbies and new skills. And you never know how these things will turn around. New hobbies and new skills can turn into new businesses. New businesses can turn into new contracts. New contracts can turn into new opportunities. And you might be the job you're looking for might be the job that you're able to create if you go out and learn new skills and new opportunities. So I say do it all. And if you are in a career field that enables you to provide contract work or uh, contract services, do that. Think about all the, some companies, I want you to think about this. While some companies have let go of employees 
they might have limited budgets, yes, for employees, but they might have budgets for contractors where they can bring on for a shorter period of time, but to get the work done. And maybe it's that they don't have the, the finances, the revenue to pay the benefits, but you can go in and get a contract and you can pay for your own benefits. Yes. So, you know, think about that. Any, any company, any organization that you've worked for, when you are out of work, those organizations that you previously served, if you live on a good note, in your mind, you should be thinking those are potential clients. You need to go back. You need to schedule meetings. You need to schedule Zoom calls and you need to offer your services. You need to find out what their needs are and you need to say, I do that. I have a service where I can provide that. You create those contracts, get to one of those SBA offices and find out how to write contracts, find out how to write proposals, find out how to bid for some of these jobs that the city offers, you know, contract positions through the city. Find out how to do all of that. And one of the biggest things that you can do for yourself right now is go and get a DBA, get a business certification uh, that says I operate a legitimate business. Go get certified. If you are a minority, get a minority business certification and start going for some of those contracts that are out there. That's where a whole lot of opportunity is. You can get a contract and you can employ people. And there are so many benefits out there to be an employer right now. So it's just it's so many avenues. And the biggest thing that I will say is don't waste this time. Uh, one thing that I say in my office is if we come out of this pandemic and we don't come out better than what we went in, we've missed the whole point of the pandemic. That's good. That is true. Everybody should be better than normal. Everybody wants to go back to normal. Everybody needs to realize that normal is gone. <laughs> we need to actually normal be is gone. doing something totally different and better, especially right now with all this time that we have. Yeah. So let's say someone lost yeah. their job today. What should they be doing for mm -hmm. the rest of the week or next week? Should they take time out to evaluate their situation and what their next move should be? Or should they start applying for jobs? If you lose your job today, it's unfortunate. And I would say, Give yourself the rest of the day to process. Give yourself the rest of the day to process and journal out some of the plan, some of the next steps that you can take. Think through who can you call. Think through what opportunities you've always thought about endeavoring in. Think through all that you can on that day. But then that next day, you need to be moving on that plan. You need to be moving. So that's part of that move. It involves research. So getting out there, getting yourself acclimated with what the market looks like now for you, because, you know, every industry has a different, different aesthetic as it pertains to this market. So figure out what the industry looks like for your market, figure out 
what you know the job statistics are for your market and put that resume out there that resume should be updated it should be formatted it should be ready to go get it out there and pick up that phone you know we pick up our phone for everything else this is one of those moments where you need to call whoever has professional clout and professional influence in your phone book you need to call them and let them know you're back on the market and they don't need no long explanation because everybody knows why you would be back on the market right now but you need to also in that call highlight what you're good at what you're known for what you're capable of and hopefully you are able to say that i left my position on a good note, it was just an unfortunate season for the company. When you leave a company, when you leave an organization, do not leave without references, letters of recommendation, or the opportunity to go and receive those things. The, on your way out of a company, if you're leaving on a good note, you need to make the HR representatives your best friends. Whoever is in HR, you need their numbers. You need their direct line. Don't give me no extension. I want that direct line. Don't give me the secretary's number. I want your line, HR coordinator, HR manager, HR director. I need to be able to call you because I can't control this unfortunate situation. But I know that if I can get a reference from you, I know that if I can get a good word or a head nod from you, it's going to help me somewhere else. But this is what you have to think about when you're leaving companies. Those are relationships that you should be working while you're on that job. So this is the, the benefit of having good working relationships, good working history, because when someone asks a former employer or a former employer's representative for a reference from you, they need something that they can go off of. So if you had a good employment history, if you had a good attendance record, if you had a good attitude, those things will help you. So make sure that you have those relationships established. But day one, that's day one of saying, as of right now, I'm working for me or I'm, I'm self-employed and my next opportunity will come as soon as I go reach for it. That is great advice. That is real good, real good. So to the person that has been out of a job since the beginning of the pandemic, what would you say to them? What should they be doing? They've been continuously looking for a job, looking for a job, still can't find a job. So what should they be doing right now? Number one, I would say, again, don't lose faith. Get don't don't give up. You know, um, if you have been intentional, if you have been searching, give yourself some credit and just know that the right opportunity is out there for you. But one thing that I would say is just perform an audit of your skills and of your talents Think whether or not there's something that you can be doing. What can you what can you sell right now? What uh, who can you serve right now? What can you create right now that would be able to either increase your influence or increase your income or increase your 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 knowledge in certain areas? 
uh, I would then say, you know, look up the agencies in your areas, in your area for either temporary work or the agencies that do placement in your particular field. Whether they have, and, and this is where picking up the phone is so essential because now nowadays everybody is looking online and online only. And sometimes these agencies, sometimes they have clients that don't want their work to be listed online. Sometimes they have uh, jobs where they're trusting the agency to go out and find individuals without posting the position. So even if a particular agency doesn't have anything that looks appealing to you or anything that might match what you're looking for, I would still call. I would still call. I would send an email and I would say, listen, I did put my resume on your website. I did apply or I didn't apply. Just let them know what you have done, but also let them know that if you hear of other opportunities that are remotely close to what I'm looking for, or if it's an organization that's remotely close to the type of organization that I want to work for, please let me know. Get in somewhere, work there, and you never know. That might turn into the dream job, the dream career, the dream industry, or you're able to build a working rapport, a working relationship, and, and a work history until you find what it is you're looking for elsewhere. Those are good points. Let's say you're sitting down writing your resume. What are some good tips on a good resume, how to make your resume stand out right now with 10 million people out of work? Mm-hmm. Keep in mind that trends are always changing for resumes. And, you know, a lot of people are building resumes and they want to go for the look and they want to go for the aesthetic. But a lot of these companies, the majority of companies these days, some of them don't even see the aesthetic and some of them don't even see your resume because of um, because of your formatting. There's what's called ATS, Applicant Tracking Software, that companies run your resumes through that score your resume. And if, you're, if your resume scores over a certain percentage, then it goes to the HR department. A lot of resumes are kicked out of this scoring because of the format, not even the content. It could be that you have a font that's larger than the preferred size in ATS. You might have a font that the system doesn't even recognize if you have like a script or if you have just some of these fancier fonts. The applicant tracking software is really basic as it pertains to the type of font and the format. So you really want to do research on what's the accepted format for a resume in your field. Everyone 
has access to applicant tracking software. You can just Google something like ATS. Um, there's a, a, a website called JobScan. You can go on to JobScan and you can actually take a job description that you're applying for and you can take your resume and you can scan them simultaneously and the ATS software will give you a score and it will let you know, hey, you're missing words from your resume. You should include more words such as, and it will give you a list of words because these uh, scanning systems are scanning for not only format and font, but they're scanning for vocabulary. Where do you get your vocabulary from? You pull the vocabulary directly off of the job description. If these are things that you do, now don't put vocabulary on your uh, resume and you don't do those things, but if it's things that you do, it should resemble, it should sound like the job description because that's the job that you're applying for. And you're going to have to, this is not a season to be lazy. You're going to probably end up with so many versions of your resume because you want to tweak your resume to the positions that you're applying for. So yes, have some general generic resumes, but also you know, be ready to customize resume for the position that you're applying for. Some people do cover letters, some people don't. What do you recommend? And also what should be in the cover letter? Have a standard cover letter that you use because there are some positions that ask for cover letters. There are some I've seen where some positions won't even let you complete the application unless you have a cover letter. And so cover letter Basically, keep in mind, cover letter is where you try to persuade the individual to read your resume, but you also have to act as if, if that person doesn't read beyond my cover letter, will what I have in my cover letter paint a good picture of who I am? So a few things you should have in your cover letter. Definitely have your name, your contact information, but also have the position that you're applying for. You don't have to repeat the job description because they know it because they posted it, but have the job that you're applying for. Give yourself a few sentences on why you know for certain that you're qualified for that job. Drop a few numbers in there. Your years of experience in the field but also your years of doing this type of work. And then give us a little summary, just a brief of what you're willing to bring that no other candidate can bring. What makes you different? What makes you great? Point that out in that letter. And that letter shouldn't be no more. If it's, if it's more than three paragraphs, it's too long. And you have to, you have to imagine that the individual reading your cover letter will only invest 30 to 45 seconds on reading your cover letter. You want to put out your best 30 to 45 seconds. So basically it's an elevator pitch to the person. That's exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. All right. So you've got your resume out there. You 
get a interview. Yes. So how do you prepare for your interview? Research, research, research. And, you know, I hate to admit this, but I, when it comes to interviews, I turn into a stalker. I stalk the company. I stalk the people in the company. Uh, you know, as much research as you can get as possible, because a lot of people, listen, a lot of people, when you go into these interviews, they say they want to know about you, but they want to know what you want to know. Uh, they want to know what you know about them. Yeah. They want to know what you know about the organization. They want to know what you know about the role. So when you're talking about the successes of that company, when you talk about the company history and what makes that company great, and you talk about some of the people that have made that company great and some of the people that are working in there and some of the current things that they've done and then how you can play a part. And this is where you circle circle back and, and reel yourself into that equation. How do you play a part in continuing the legacy of that company? How do you play a part in helping some of those key players advance in their areas of expertise? How do you play a part in the company reaching and exceeding their bottom line. How do you play a part in what's already going on? And do not go into an interview criticizing people and pointing out their flaws and because they will escort you out. But you, you go in there celebrating what they celebrate, but point out their areas of opportunities. Point out where you see yourself uh, 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 contributing to the team and contributing to the overall goal of the company. So currently we're at home and a lot of companies are doing virtual interviews. So what tips do you have for virtual interviews? Because usually what I find is that sometimes doing things virtually is harder than actually um, going in person. So what tips do you have on that? Whew, this this topic right here. Now, I'm going to try to censor myself and I'm going to try to keep myself to a certain time limit when answering this question. Number one, you want to make sure that you are as comfortable as possible as it pertains to your delivery. So you want to make sure you are as distraction free as possible. So what do I mean by this? Those kids need to have a babysitter and the dogs and the pets and they need to be outside in the garage or they need their own sitter or whatever. But you, it needs to be an interview zone. Wherever you are should be an interview zone. That means it should be quiet. The atmosphere should be set and the atmosphere should be an atmosphere that will allow you to be the best version of yourself in front of that camera. I will tell you this, we don't want any kind of mishaps, we don't want any kind of accidents, so rid yourself from all of that, put on a full outfit. Put on a full outfit because the confidence will come through what you're wearing, the confidence will come through everything, and I have been on some calls where individuals would say, Mercedes, can you stand up and give us a mock presentation? Well, you have to be fully dressed to be able to do those types of things. So 
prepare yourself as if they're going to ask you to stand up and demonstrate something or you you just want to make sure you are prepared make sure that you know although you're at home although you might be in a remote setting you want to make sure that the interviewer feels as if you're in the office with them they want you want them to feel that you're taking this uh, workspace. Your workspace is conducive for work because they're going to be looking for that. For example, if you're interviewing for a position that they're going to allow you to remain at home and work remotely, they want to see that you have a situation that allows for remote work. If your kids are running through the screen, and I know everybody's at home, I know that, but do whatever you have to do. Is it that you can send the children to another room with an activity and tell them, you know, mommy's livelihood, your livelihood depends on this. So y'all want to be quiet. Like, you know, your situation, you you will be able to identify whether or not you need a babysitter that day. Maybe you need to go and, you know, if you have someone at your house that can watch your kids, maybe you can go somewhere else that has working Wi-Fi, that has working connections and everything that you need to pull off the interview. Maybe you can do something like that. But distraction free is the number one thing that you need to make sure you have allowed in your your atmosphere. Distraction free. Also, prepare as if you are going into the building. Have that mindset. Not only do you need to dress like that, but you need to, you know, execute and present like that. Do not show anybody that you have taken on a lax mindset because you're at home. Because if they see that, they're not going to move you forward in that interview process. I have called to check on some clients after some of their interviews and they answer the phone. Now, if they answer the phone for me after the interview and they sound sleepy, <laughs> what do you think the interviewer heard? So if you yeah. sound like you're laying in the bed when I call you and the interview just ended, <laughs> is this what you sounded like during that interview? Those oh, are things God. that you have to think about. No food, no drinks. If you have to have something, water, and that's it. We don't want to see the, the roast of coffee you had this morning. We don't want to see you finishing your breakfast. That is not professional. I believe in mock interviews. I really do. You know, go through questions that you think they would ask. Go through questions that you don't think they would ask. The, the objective is to get comfortable with answering questions. The objective is to get comfortable with presenting who you are. Uh, but, you know, when you have someone that's doing mock interviews with you, always document your most challenging questions and go back and practice those and go back and come up with different ways that you can answer those questions so that it's comfortable for you in your presentation. That's the biggest thing is delivery. That's the biggest thing. So, you know, prepare, but the baseline of preparation is knowing as much as you can about your position, knowing as much as you can about the industry. And I will tell you this, you also need to know a little bit about the competitors of the company that you're interviewing for. 
What is the competition doing good? What is the competition doing that you can introduce to the company that you're going to work for? Uh, uh, what what do the sales look like? What makes them competitors? You need to know a little bit about that because then you, what you're doing is you're diversifying your knowledge about the industry. So not only is preparation, you know, company level, but preparation is also industry level as well. So let's say you go to a job interview and they're not wearing masks. What should you do? Ooh, that is so tough. So what you can do, a polite way to address this, because I've had to do this in, in business settings. Um, number one, you can look around to see if everyone has, you know, the six feet of distance between them and in a nice way of presenting the question or presenting, you know, the ask for people to wear a mask, you can say, I trust that everyone in here is negative as it pertains to COVID, but just for everyone's comfort, do you mind that we wear a mask? Because I'm going to go ahead and keep mine on. That's a respectful way. Or you can say, you know, um, with the recent spike in numbers, I would feel just a little bit more comfortable if we could wear masks. This is not just me thinking about me. This is me attempting to also protect you because I care about everyone on the team because I'm such a team player. I care about the well-being of all my teammates. And since I, I feel that we're teammates, See, put yourself back in the position. Since I feel that we're teammates, I want to make sure that all the members of the team are well, healthy, and that we can come to work. That's good. So you just find That's a clever good. way to present it that ties you back into that company, that ties you back into that role that you're interviewing for. And just you can you can laugh it off. Oh, I want all my team members well. So let's wear these masks. And I'm not concerned about y'all. I'm concerned about me. You can, you can, it's a lot of different things that you can, you know, incorporate to play. Yeah. To play with that. But, but it's really not a laughing matter. So, you know, you still need to insert, I'm keeping my mask on and I would appreciate if you keep your mask on as well. I don't know y'all. <laughs> so there you go. You don't know me. <laughs> right. I don't know you. Exactly. You don't know we don't know each other. <laughs> so, <Okay>. yeah, <laughs> we're wearing masks. Yeah. Okay. So how do you ask about the company's COVID procedures and rules? So with so many companies and states doing different things, mm -hmm. how do you ask that without coming across as being... Um, I guess, coming across as if you fear COVID. You just want to ask to just know what's going on with the company. So when it comes to those extra questions where they ask, well, do you have any questions for us? This is a good place to insert those types of questions. And you can do it in such a respectful, casual way where they're not even thinking that you're fearing it. So you can say something like, you know, as I was doing my research, I see that the company did a very good job with handling, you know, the implementation of policies or they did such a great job with 
pivoting in this time. Can you tell me a little bit more about, you know, what the company did or what your team did? How did how did you feel, you know, going through that process? What courses of action did you take? So you just you you lighten the mood, but still ask the serious question and make it seem like you want to know about how that person in that room with you, how they handled it. And when they tell you how they handled that, they will either tell you or give you more ideas about how the company handled it overall, or they will give you spaces. You'll have spaces where you can ask questions, uh, particular questions of how the company handled that. And you can do things such as, you know, oh, is that true for every department or was that just our department? And make sure you say our department because you you want to paint the picture that you're working there. Or was that true for my role uh, or my team? Or was that true for the company across the board? Uh, the best way to the best way to kind of critique or criticize is to compliment first. And so always start off with a compliment and then you can come in with those more critical questions. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. And yes. always tie it to you thinking about the well-being of the organization, the team, yes. the people that you will work with. That's that's the most positive way to do that. With so many people being out of work, should they accept the first job that comes across? You know, this is one of those those questions. It's a real tricky thing because we're looking at needs and comfort at the same time. The biggest thing that I tell people when it comes to this type of question, can you handle the job? Can you do the work? Is this something that's going to enhance your life in a positive way? Is this something that's going to help you? Is it something, is this going to be a forward move? You don't ever want to start a position knowing that you're going to be stressed or knowing that you're going to be pressed. So what you should do in a position, especially in this time, you should feel a sense of relief by adding this to your life. If you feel that sense of relief, if you feel like this is going to be that role that's going to help you, that's going to help you feed your family, that's going to help you move forward. If you see opportunity and you can rest well with your decision and you can be at peace about moving forward in a position, I say pray on it and take the position. But if there is uncertainty, if there is any sense of question or doubt, you need to sit with that and figure out what that emotion is that you're feeling. You need to figure out what is that, what is that telling you? What is that informing you? Whatever feeling that you, you're feeling, I always say give that feeling some sound. What is that feeling trying to communicate to you? Figure that out and then make your decision. But this is also after you've done what you need to do, after you've prayed, meditated, fasted, journaled, whatever you need to do, after you've done all that you can, this is another one of those moments where you call in one of those mentors 
or that mediator that helps you weigh the decisions, you know, but ultimately you are going to have to make the decision because ultimately if you say yes to that role, you're going to be the one that has to do the work. So what would be your suggestion to people looking right now, if they have to go into another industry or another profession? This is where you do some full soul searching and you figure out what else is there to me? What else do I have to offer? Uh, what other skills or what, what transferable skills do I have? So there, although we might be moving to a different industry, was there something that you did in your old role, in your former role, that's a transferable skill somewhere else? Maybe the vocabulary is different. Maybe the, the structure of the organization is different, but you still have the skill. So you have to take an analysis of your past. This is where you, I say, brag on yourself, celebrate yourself, celebrate every skill, every capability, every talent. I even throw in your hobbies into that. If there's something that you can do, put it out there and see what opportunities are available for everything that you do. Don't count nothing out. And this is not the time where we can afford to rule out anything. You know, we have to at least consider different types of opportunities. Yes, the time will come where you'll say, maybe this is not for me. But then again, you have new networks that are expanding. If you research new positions and new companies, you have, you know, you're learning so much new lingo and uh, uh, vocabulary, buzzwords and different industries where you can grow your repertoire. And, and, and you know, you might find something totally different that you never even thought of just from just doing research and putting yourself out there. And again, this is where you're going to have to, you're going to have to talk. You're going to have to communicate with people. You're going to have to get out there and find out what kind of pivot can you make. But this is also an opportunity to explore any kind of entrepreneurial, any kind of passion uh, work, project, careers that you wanted to explore, explore it all. Try it all. Try it all. So, so with all that information, everybody should know how to look for a job, how to interview, and how to be successful right now in the job market. That was great information that can get you started, that can sustain you during this time as you're continuously looking for a position. So Mercedes, what is your podcast? My podcast called? is called The Move with Mercedes. And the overall goal of the podcast is to help you make your next move the best move. What is your You can find me, you know, my baseline for communication. You can find me on my website, which is mercedesfuller.com. M-A-R-C-E-D-E-S-F-U-L-L-E-R.com and on all social media at Mercedes Fuller. 
So tell us a little about your um, background as far as what you're doing right now. How did you step out on faith to um, start doing motivation? Yeah. Um, so I actually, the, the long story short, because I can tell you the 17 year story, but the long story <laughs> short was I, I got frustrated going to work every day, knowing that I was not pursuing my purpose. I've had some great jobs, great career opportunities and worked for some great organizations. But I felt like there was more to me than the the four walls that I was working within. Um, you know, I was a good employee, but I just felt in my gut that I would be a better entrepreneur. And so, you know, I did take the leap of faith and when I when I left the the traditional workforce, I actually left as a uh, teacher and uh, three of my kids completely changed my life because in three different on three different occasions, three different days. These kids and I was teaching sixth grade at the time. So imagine 11, 12 year olds kind of pulling me in the corner. One of them said these particular words, you are better than this. You need to go. A 12-year-old told me I was better than the place where I was. But it, it wow. he told me that at a time when I had been fasting and praying and asking God whether or not it was time for me to go. Another student, I had, uh, I caught a student passing a note in my class. And no one had ever been that bold to pass a note in one of my classes ever in history of my teaching. And so I'm like, I finally got a note and I am going to, I wanted to, you know, put it on blast, <laughs> go ahead and stand up and you tell me what you're writing on that note, read it. And I'm gonna come stand by you. And I opened the note, the student sat through my class and drew a picture of me standing in front of this big audience. Had time to color the picture and everything. <laughs> <laughs> and at the top of the picture, it said, are you a motivational speaker? Motivational, motivational wow. was spelled wrong, but I understood what was being conveyed. So this is like in a three week period of time. So that's student number two. Student number three, this one particular morning, I was dreading, 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 dreading going to work. Now understand, I was an award winning teacher. My students were performing well. I was getting recognition in my district. So it would look like I was at, at, at the peak. I, I was at the best of my, my position. My next role, uh, that next academic year, I was getting ready to be an assistant principal. And uh, my uh, that morning, it was just so rough for me. And I had asked my parents, I said, can y'all please cover me in prayer before I go to work? Because it was days where I would drive up to the gates of my school and I would sit outside of the gate before I put my badge on the, the, the key 
card or whatever. And I would just sit in my car and cry because I, I felt that kind wow. of pressure, that kind of stress. It was affecting my health. It was affecting my mental health. And this one particular morning, I, I told my mother, I'm struggling. I told my parents, I'm struggling. Can y'all just pray for me? And my mother said in her prayer, I'll never forget it because it still echoes. I can just see it. I can hear it. My mother said in her prayer that morning, God, if it is time for Mercedes to jump, show him that it's time. I made it to my classroom. The bell rings for first period. A student walks up to me with a gift bag, puts it in my hand and walks away. I want you to understand that this student throughout the course of the entire year had never uttered more than five words because she was very shy. She never liked to talk. The student put a bag in my hand and walked away. I opened the bag and it was Steve Harvey's book, Jump. My mother Shut had up. prayed an hour before that, that if it was time for me to jump, show me. First period, the bell just the, the bell just rung. Wow. And so, and wow. so I, t I tendered my resignation, Fine. I believe, that day or the day after. And, wow. yeah, and I'm the type Fine. of teacher that I see things through, you know, and I had gone back and forth with whether or not I would leave in the middle of a school year and all that kind of stuff. And my departure, my life depended on me leaving at that time. And my life depended on it. So did you pray for God to show you signs that yes. if it was yes, time and that me? that was the final sign. I did I didn't need and I had I kept praying for signs because like the first student that I mentioned, I was praying for a sign, and that student called me over to his desk. And I thought that that student needed help on the assignment. He said, oh, I didn't call you over here for me. I called you over here for you. You're better than this. And this is right after I was praying and asking God to show me it was time to go. And even after that, and it was so, this student blew my mind. I broke down crying in the class and, uh, the student, it was so funny. Now that I think about it, it was funny. He was like, Mr. Fuller, go ahead and turn around and, and wipe your face. But then you need to go to the restroom. I'll watch the class for you. Pull yourself back together. Uh, but that student told me, he said, I know you don't want to drive that car that you're driving. I know. And at the time I was <laughs> at the time I was I moved back to San Antonio. I was living in my parents house. He said, I know you want your own house. I know that you, the, the child even told me the kind of car that I wanted at that time. I'm like, how would he even know these things? How would he even know these things? It was, I'm like, this is a prophet. I'm convinced this is a, a 12 year old prophet sitting in my classroom. Like, had I known that that child was a prophet, we would have had some conversations earlier on, but, uh, Okay. <laughs> that day, I think it, it was so hard for me. I literally, I had to go to the restroom, pull myself together and go back in and, and finish teaching. But it was just so, it was hard for me because um, 
I was at it. I was in conflict every day with where I was versus where I knew I was supposed to be. And so I took the leap of faith. I resigned and I, I thought I had a plan, but that all changed. And I kept on trying to go back and tweak the plan and tweak the plan and say, okay, I'll wait for a few months until I get this. I'll wait for a few months until I do this. But you know what? When when your health, when your when your mental health and all of that, listen, when those things are suffering, when you're struggling in those areas, you have to go. So I called on my support system and I let my support system know this is what I'm looking at. This is what I have right now. This is what I'm trying to do. I'm going to need y'all. So, you know, parents, hey, I'm going to have to stay at y'all's house for a little bit longer because we're launching a business. We're getting ready to write a book. We're getting ready to do some other things. And, you know, I can't be honest. I can't afford a rent right now. And you know, pay for all these business and all that kind of stuff. So you have to start where you are and it's going to require vulnerability, require honesty with your support systems. But if they get with, let them get with you, let them help, let them support and, you know, get your, let that rocket, you know, shoot off of that launching pad and go and turn back. I'm not going to tell you that the days have all been easy. There have been tough days. There have been there have been early days, late nights. There's been tears. There has been tears, laughter, all that blood, sweat, and tears. Literally, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, there have been missed meals. The things that I think about, and and I I try to take the opportunity as much as possible to thank all of these individuals for their sacrifice. And one thing that keeps me going is Mm -hmm. the fact that so many people have invested either the sacrifice, the time, the whatever. And if I stop now, what would all those sacrifices, what would they be for if I stop now? So, you know, that keeps me going. Um, And I've sacrificed things such as marriage and I've sacrificed children and all of that. And so I treat my businesses like my marriages and my children and I feed them. I feed my businesses. I feed my ventures and the things that I'm working on. I feed them and, you know, If and when the day comes, you know, we'll make the adjustments. But right now, that's what I feed. And um, I thank God for what he's done. Thank you so much for your story. The reason why I I asked you to share your story, because I think so many of us don't share our story and people see the end result of where we are or just currently where we are right now. And they see all the glam and everything but they don't know how you got there and so important to share your story especially right now with people just going through so much Mm -hmm. to really share your story and say I struggle and I struggle Mm -hmm. it was a lot to get to this point so people won't Mm -hmm. just be like okay he's there how can I get there well 
It took a yeah. lot to get there. There are lessons in the struggle. Uh, and I say this, do not leave yes. the lessons where you learn them. Learn the lesson and take the lesson with yes. you uh, and allow it to inform yeah. your next set of decisions and your next set of moves. Well, Thank Mercedes, you thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your knowledge. So much knowledge, so much we can use to actually um, get to the next point in our life, especially a lot of people right now being out of work. So that thank was thank you so much for having me. Thank you for the us. invite. So thank you so Such much. a fun time.